to die, you are hidden in the strength of God most high. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, is being killed you will remain unscathed and unharmed you will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment for they will be paid back for what they have done when we live our lives within the shadow of god most high our secret hiding place we will always be shielded from harm how then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us god sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go defending you from all harm if you walk into a trap they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden 
in the strength of God most high. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God most high, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God most high, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you.
You ready to worship family? Let's stand and worship the Lord. I've got a
Thank you. 
children worship my name. I love when my children bless my holy name, because I get to bless them back abundantly. For I don't withhold any good thing from my children, for I continually give an outpouring to them, because you are my prized possession, and I crafted you so that I could bless you, so that you could be a blessing to others and show how good I am to you. Thank you, Father. Thank you 
so much. There they were, signature worship team, amazing. Oh, let's give them a round of applause. Amen. You all may be seated if you would like. If you want to keep standing, by all means, stand. We're a place of freedom in this place, amen? Already. So if you haven't figured out, um, Pastor Doug, Pastor Nelson, Pastor Nadine, they're all down in Oklahoma celebrating with the graduates. So we stepped up and filled in the blanks for the people that were missing. Amen. Alrighty. So now we're going to move into our confession. I'm going to lead the confession for those that haven't figured that out either. And uh, we're just going to roll right through this and have a great time. Is it up there yet? All right. All right. So through his blood... We are forgiven. You guys want to say along with me? Right. Through his blood, we are forgiven and we have been fully redeemed from sin. The blood of Jesus is a shelter of divine protection all around us and we are kept safe from our enemy. We have faith in the blood of God. There we go. We just roll with it here, right? Place of freedom. All right. From the top. We have faith in the blood of God's Son because it freed us from the guilt of sin. It makes us acceptable to God and grants us eternal life. Jesus, filled with the fullness of God, has reconciled us to himself and given us peace through the blood of his cross. Through Christ's blood, we receive mercy and are born again. We have a living hope and we have obtained an inheritance from God. The blood of Christ through the eternal Holy Spirit has cleansed our consciences from dead works and has enabled us to serve the ever-living God. We can confidently and freely enter God's throne room by the blood of Jesus. We come before God in truth, sincerity, and confident faith. Jesus granted us access to his holy place when he died on the cross. We overcome the accusations of the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our own personal testimony. Act victory. Our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God. To build a strong body of believers and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. (laughs) Good morning, BCF. Okay. We have announcements. That's why I'm up here. (laughs) So... Tuesday is this generation, and that is our middle school program for anybody who doesn't know. It's called This Generation. It's, I love their slogan. It's you and it's now. How awesome is that? So as the school year is wrapping up, right, it's like three more weeks, two more weeks, something like that. Um, this will actually be our last This Generation for this school year, and we will start again next school year. So you want to come on out, invite friends. See what it's all about. I know they're going to have an amazing celebration. And they celebrate their gifts and talents. They also are very creative. They have a logo in the works. 
So look for that coming too. They are so excited and they are owning this generation. Wednesday, we have our Wednesday night service at 6.30 p.m. And it's so refreshing to be here in the middle of the week. So I encourage you to come and invite people as well. And as you notice, um, some of our pastors are down in Oklahoma. And the reason for that is because we have graduates, (laughs) Gabe and Sean and Kelly and Zach, all graduated from Rama over this past weekend. And we are so excited for them. So you can ask them about their future plans and what's all happening because they all have on their pathways with Jesus, and it is a beautiful thing to watch. And this Saturday is Barnabas at 8.30. Woo-hoo. That's my guy voice, okay? <laughs> um, so that is at 8.30 a.m. They have a breakfast. It'll be awesome. Like I said, all the guys, 12 and older, come to that, and they eat good physically and spiritually and have a wonderful time. And I would like to share with you, um, I normally share facts. So I learned about something called quantum locking, right? It just sounds cool. Um, wait till I explain it, right? <laughs> Um, So what it is, is they take like this superconductor. It looks like a tiny little hockey puck, okay? And what they can do is they put in like liquid nitrogen, so it's super, super cold, and then they have this ring of like magnets, okay? And they set the hockey puck on top, and the way, they're special kind of magnets, um, but you can, uh, like hovers above it, and it's like locked into place. So all you got to do is push it, and it like goes around the ring, and it won't stop until you stop it right? It is so cool. It's not, it's fairly recent. It's kind of something that's like been discovered in the past couple of years, okay? And the reason that that can happen, okay, that it literally is just like floating in the air and it will just like circle as soon as you like push it. It just follows the trail of the magnets. There's zero resistance because it's so cold, right? That's what the liquid nitrogen is for. So I won't go into all the details, but I want to share with you how that is how we need to be with Lord Jesus, right? We need to be like quantum locked in, right? You're just, you're there, you are on track. All Jesus has to do is tell you the word and you just go and you keep going until Jesus tells you to stop or he gives you another direction, right? Or if he moves you up a little bit higher or down a little bit lower because the superconductor, it won't move its track. Unless, like, an outside force, like, moves it up or down. Like, it won't do it naturally, right? So, like, the promotion that we talk about that comes from God, God is the one that moves us up and into the different levels. And in the meantime, you just you just keep going. You don't let nothing stop you. There is no resistance. And thank God we have Holy Spirit to help us do that, right? Okay. I think our announcements are done now. <laughs> Yeah, it's called quantum locking. There's a whole, I watched a whole like 20 minute YouTube video on it and I think I'm going to investigate it more, but I just love science and physics. <laughs> Alrighty. So now we get to do tithes and offerings. And I'm going to be going to Hebrews 6, 13 and 14. So I'll give you all a moment to get there. I was prepared. <laughs> So I was praying about, you know, because I knew I was doing this. So I was like, God, I want to 
you know, tithes and offering verse. And it goes perfect with the tongues that we gave. So this is just all coming together. All right. So Hebrew, I'm reading for the New King James for those that want to know. So Hebrews 6.13 says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessings I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And what a great verse to have. When you give your tithes and offerings to God, or your alms, oh, well, technically the poor, but when you give something out of your heart to God, he can't not bless you. He has to bless you. It's in his being to bless you. So, when you give your tithes and offerings, and we also have our special guest here today, Steve Hoffman, when you give your tithes and offerings, put a little extra in for him. Why not, right? Because God will bless you with blessings, and he will multiply you with multiplying. So just put in what you feel the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit tells you to put in. That's what you should put in, because God knows what's coming down the line and what the blessings are going to be for that. Amen? Now, for kids' life, oh, giving. You can give. We have our seed planters in the corner by the bookstore and by the unchist when you walk in. If you have to pray by credit card, you can also pay in the bookstore. For those that don't want to do anything here, you can just go online to our website, vcfpa.org, and you can give on there. Um, we also we got loads of ways to give. Amen. I mean, God makes avenues to just keep on giving and giving and giving. So we find all the avenues so that way we can keep blessing and blessing and blessing. Amen. Kids life. There will be no upstairs kids life today. Just for the toddlers. So, and I see we have loads of toddlers and they're all excited to go. So let's cheer them out as they go out. Woo! Have a blessed class, blessed class. And... So now, without further ado, I'm going to hand the whole... Oh, wait. Are you doing it? Okay, never mind. Melissa is going to introduce. (laughs) Surprise, I'm back again. (laughs) Okay, so I have the honor of introducing our guest speakers for today. Um, So it is Pastor Stephen and Beverly Hoffman. So I'm going to have all the scoops, okay? You get all the information. They both graduated from Christ for the Nations. And in June, they will be married for 40 years. Isn't that awesome? And over all that time, they have had four daughters, and they have seven grandchildren. Three girls and four boys, right? Okay. Um, Pastor Stephen, he does a lot of missionary work, and so in... About 30 years ago, I guess it has been 30 years ago, Um, in 93, he did his first trip to Kenya, and ever since then, he has had a heart for missions, especially Uganda, right? Amen. Um, So they've done long-term missions, they've done short-term missions, they've also been part of um, Bless the Children Home, they were down there for a summertime, and all the kids love them. They've also been to um, Haiti, India, and Kenya. Uganda, um, they were just there actually in March, and they have another upcoming trip to Uganda, which they can tell you about that. But they love to take the gospel to unreached people groups, and um, we love them for it, right? Because we want every person to hear the word of God. 
They also are VCF board members, so they are involved with VCF as well. Powerful evangelists, and they are mentors and friends to people here at VCF. So without further ado, put your hands together for Reverend Stephen Hoffman. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. Does somebody here love Jesus? I mean, do you really love him? Amen. God bless you. Do you realize you're going to be with Jesus for eternity? Eternity. Hallelujah. And a big, big blessing to you, VCF. And um, for those online, God bless you. Welcome. And for Doug and Fiona, thank you for this. It's an honor and an opportunity to be here today with you. And um, there, we, have, we have some things for you. Think about this. Think about the biggest miracle you ever had in your life. Just think of it right now. Think of that miracle. What was that miracle to you? What's the biggest miracle you ever heard of? And who worked that miracle? So today we're going to talk a little bit about Jesus working the first miracle in his life. Do you know who, what he did? Jesus' first miracle. Hallelujah. Water into wine. Amen. So we're going to talk about that water into wine this morning. But we want to minister a little bit to the kids since they're going to be here, the children. How many children do we have that are here in the service? We have two over here, I believe. Hmm? Yeah. Okay. One over here. Okay. There you go. Amen. When it was a Steve. He said, I don't have my glasses. Steve said, "Me, I read his hand up." Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. I'm always a child inside. Amen. Jesus loves the little children. So let me just say this in the beginning, because someone asked, "How did you ever get involved with VCF?" Many, many years ago, I was riding my dinosaur, and I got a phone call, and somebody said, "Steve, I met this guy from Uganda." You want to meet him because I had a heart for Uganda. I said, absolutely, I'll meet this man. So I went and met the man, and here he was not from Uganda. He was from Guyana. He was not African. He was Indian, and his name was Serge Paul, and his Fiona's father. And we got, <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> so we laughed, and, and I, I told him, I, so we got to be close friends. And you know Fiona's father, if you ever heard him preach, he is one of the most excellent orators I ever heard in my life. Serge Paul, Reverend Serge Paul. And he preached all around Guyana. And then when the children got older, they came to the U.S. for education. And I became friends with him. And I went around preaching with him. What an honor it was to serve with Fiona's father. And that's how we got connected with you, through that situation. And then Douglas, of course, married in the family. And he was a painter, and I was a painter, so we worked together. So Serge Paul, Steve Hoffman, and Doug all worked together. We didn't make any money, but we sure preached the gospel. <laughs> I mean, I would have a, are we working today, or are we you're sharing our testimony? And re, so I, I thank God for that, and I thank God for our relationship that you have. And I really thank God that you are supporting the gospel of Jesus Christ that equips us to go around the world and share Jesus. And that's all we do is share Jesus. So I want to ask uh, my beautiful wife of 40 years to come and share something on her heart. And we also have some special guests with us, and we want them also to share. But first, Beverly, you come, please.
and share a little bit. Well, good morning, VCF. It's so great to be here. Um, the last time I was here, I, it seems like every time I come here, this changes. This changes. I was here for the women's uh, breakfast or the women's conference, yes, and we had all these little tables, but there were things all over the walls, and this was all different, but it's beautiful. I love it. So thank you for welcoming us here. I always see new faces every time I come, but you're all a blessing. We miss you, Pastor Doug and Dr. Fiona. God bless you in Oklahoma. So this morning, I just wanted to give a little bit of a welcome. I think I woke up a little dry, and we've had a very busy week, and um, some things ministering we need to minister to this afternoon, and so it was kind of heavy on my heart, and I said, God, give me a word of encouragement. You know, coming to the church is a place of healing because it's Jesus' word in us that does that healing. And so I ask God to give us a word. If you need an encouragement today, um, I'm going to read a scripture from Philippians chapter 4. And verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, Rejoice. Let your forbearing spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. Isn't that an encouragement? And so, thank you, Lord Jesus. Let me just pray this. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word gives us life today and the fact that we do not need to be anxious for anything because you are the God that is so faithful to us. Your word is always true. Your word is always faithful. We can trust in you no matter what. And I just lift up the rest of this service to you. I just pray blessings to everyone that is listening online and Whoever is here, we just thank you for being in total control of this service. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. So as far as um, Steve and I are getting together a trip right now to um, to Uganda. So April 1st? April. Sorry. August. <laughs> August. <laughs> they both start with an A. Um August 1st to the 17th, we're planning um, to go back to Uganda. You can be in prayer. We're still looking for another man <laughs> to go along. We have, <laughs> Steve said, 17 women, but we have <laughs> 
four women, <laughs> four women plus Steve and myself um, at this point, but we would be open to a couple more, especially in, what's that? I'm the fifth woman. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's four women plus you and I. Um, anyway, we fly from Philadelphia. We fly into the Middle East in Dubai. Um, I'm sorry, not Dubai, um, Doha in Qatar. It's a about a 14-hour flight, which is a very long flight. We have another seven to eight-hour layover, and then we fly another six hours to go into the southern part of um, Uganda. After we're on ground, um, we oftentimes go to an island, um, I'm sorry, Busi, Busi Island, and we minister there. There's a, a church there and a school, and they live on this island. To get to the island, we have to cross Lake Victoria on a boat. That w- That's a little, um, our friends that are with us here today experience that. It's an hour ride on a, a wooden um, motorboat, but... <laughs> But anyway, um, just to bring the gospel to these people, they're so overwhelmed, so happy. You know, knowing that it takes almost 48 hours to get to a country. Um, Anyway, after ministering on that island, then we will go back and take a domestic flight up to the northwestern part of the country um, to a town called Arua. And from there, we um, go up into the uh, refugee camp. And so people say, well, what is rhino camp? What is, what is rhino camp? So people that are going through civil war in South Sudan and in the Congo have fled their country, sometimes with only the clothing that they're wearing. And they settle in these um, settlement camps with barely... <laughs> Not too much. So um, they're given a few supplies to get started. But anyway, um, to bring the gospel to these places, we showed the Jesus film. Um, what was the title of it? Just the Jesus film? Yeah. So th- do you want me to go back? Testing. Yeah, so the last time um, when Jess and Andy Klein um, were with us, um, it takes us about an hour, hour and a half to get from the the town out into the uh, settlement camp. And it's on a very bumpy, rocky uh, road, which is sometimes kind of not so fun. But we did have a, a blowout on the way back. But while we were there, we ministered in a church, and we're getting ready to show a film of the Jesus film because a lot of the community, you know, they would come, they they may or may not have been saved. And so um, we're getting ready to show this film. They made us a meal. There were maybe a couple hundred people there. And we found out the driver of our van that took us that took us out to the settlement camp, he needed to get back before dark because the roads are really bad and for his own reasons. So we left the um, we left the Jesus film, the projector, and things with the native um, pastor there, 
and they showed it, and apparently several hundred people came to see it. They had to spill out into the, they had to use a soccer field, I believe, because the the church building um, wasn't big enough. So I'm going to give um, a testimony. One man was uh, walking by on on the path. He was on his way to go drinking. For it was a Friday night. He was re- ready to go drinking. And backstory: his wife had apparently um, been going to church or been interested in Christianity recently, and um, he didn't like it. And he apparently threatened her and said, if you go to that church one more time, I'm going to kill you. And so um, she obeyed. She did not She did not go to the church. So along comes this same man. He's walking along this path to go drinking for the night, and he sees this Jesus film being shown on a big uh, screen. He sits down and watches the whole film. And guess what? (laughs) Yeah, he gave his heart to the Lord. Yeah, praise God. The very next morning, he asked to be baptized. And so it was, uh, I mean, if we go on this long trip (laughs) to see one soul saved, but he wasn't the only one, you know. But praise God for that. So be in prayer that all the details will come together for this coming one. We're basically going to be doing a lot of the same things. We do women's conferences and speak in village churches other than the refugee camps. So keep us in your thoughts and prayers and that all the details will come together. We love you guys and thank you for your listening ears. Yeah, praise the Lord. It's amazing what missions can do. And um, we call the missions of my generation, now your generation, the younger ones, call it what, quantum lock-in. They got a new, a new term for missions now. So God bless you. I found something else out. I'm locked in. Are you locked in? Hallelujah, we're locked in. Here's how you're going to lock in. We went to Uganda last August, usually... I go during the year, but in August, it's more of a group thing, you know. And we were looking for people to go to Uganda last August, August of 2022. And we're getting near deadlines, and not a whole lot of people are responding. It takes a little bit of a sacrifice to go. How many of you know that? And this couple from, we call a connect group. It's a, you may call it a home group. Uh, I didn't know them that well. A beautiful, beautiful couple. And suddenly, we, we shared that also. We had an opportunity to share it with the Connect group. And this couple said, yeah, I think we'd like to go to Uganda. After I got off the floor, and back then, I could be wrong, back then I thought the emphasis was the wife, not the guy. I don't know how true that is, but it, it seemed like she was like, yeah, we'd like to go to Uganda. And he was like, oh, whatever. He's a really laid-back kind of a guy, you know. But then it turned out to be true. It turned out they sacrificed, and they took two two of their daughters, and this lovely couple sacrificed and went to Uganda. And I'm going to step out and say this. They can say their own. The spiritual transformation that I see in this couple since last August is hallelujah. 
This is what it's all about, people. But they stood out. They, they, they sacrificed. They gave. They went. They built relationships. And I believe God is blessing both all your families. So I'd like you, the, the family, to stand up. I don't want to embarrass you too much. This is Andy and Jessica and Annika. Amen. Andy and Jessica, and you're from what area would you call it? Schaeferstown. Schaeferstown. Hey, you know, anybody here from Schaeferstown? Anybody? Paul, where are you from? You lived in Schaeferstown. I thought so, but you don't anymore. Okay, praise God. Okay. Amen. Well, Annika did not go this time, but maybe next time. Her other sister, they have a family. They have a young family. They're very busy. Uh, Andy was a farmer, dairy farmer kind of guy. I love to take farmers on missions. They're the best ever to take. So I'm going to ask, um, did you prepare something? Do you want to say something at all, Jessica? No, okay. <clears throat> she did in Uganda. She had those women in the palm of her hand. And I know she, she needs time to prepare. I understand Jessica's personality. I love you, and I thank you for coming. Andy, come on. In August, uh, sorry, in, Mar- in March, last March, Andy and I took the trek to Uganda together. And everybody thought if Andy and Steve would go, we'll never come back. But we are here, praise God. This is, and so I love this man, and I, I enjoy his, his heart. And God uses him in Uganda. He's so real and practical. And during this time together in Uganda, I've seen Andy receive renewal. God, you know, we go to bless them. Guarantee you before we leave, they're the ones who bless us. That's what missions is all about. I get more blessed from them than me blessing them. Amen? That's what missions is all about. And so I'm going to give Andy some time. Don't look at the clock. Feel free to share what you wish. We've seen salvation through the Jesus film in March. We, we saw youth being renewed, revival, hitting the youth at a conference, a three-day conference we had. And praise God. So, Andy, feel free to share. Thank you, Papa Steve. I, I learned that in Africa. Uh, we, I often call him Papa Steve and Mama Beverly. So my first experience in Africa was actually in 1998. I went with my uncle, uh, Charles Klein. It might be some here that know him. Uh, and I spent six weeks uh, in Kenya and also had gone to Uganda for one of those weeks. Um, so it was interesting to walk on some of the same soil, at least in the airport, uh, that I did back then. And... Um, <laughs> You know, I want to back up a little bit, though, and I didn't ask permission to do this, and they certainly didn't ask me to, but Beverly just very tiny little bit alluded to some of what they've been going through. But, you know, Mama, I'm surprised that you got through that like that because I know how how heavy your heart is for your daughter. Her, her daughter and her son-in-law, they're, they're having some struggles in their marriage. And come on, people, let's be real and admit it. Life is a struggle. Am I right? I mean, come on. I, I know what it is to walk through hard things. I've had some physical struggles for the last five years. It's part of what led me to quit dairy farming. And I know I'm going to be healed. I don't know if it's going to be here or if it's going to be in the next life or where it's going to be. But I know where my victory stands, people. And that's part of what I want to share with you today. And so they're planning to travel to visit with their daughter and son-in-law this afternoon. And even that is a, a God story, how it came to be. And I don't want to share too much, but, it, you know, just pray for them because it's it's a hard time. But you know what? There's victory on the other side, I promise you, 100%. Um, I'm probably a better writer than I am a speaker. And if I prepare well, I generally deliver it fairly well. <laughs> Uh, but I do want to bring you greetings from Africa Community Church, where we both attend. Um, and
and you know, at a time like this, the question is, well, what do you share? I mean, I can share stories from Africa, and you've already heard a couple, and, and they're great stories, but if you weren't there, it doesn't quite connect in the same way. Um, you know, and, and I do count it a great honor to stand here and a privilege to worship with you guys. You guys have a beautiful facility here. I mean, this is great. huh? But, you know, the songs this morning, um, so this morning, and Steve doesn't even know this, I was I was just laying in bed and texting some of our friends in Africa. So right now it's 6 o'clock p.m. over there. And uh, and my wife was still sleeping. After a while she woke up. She's like, what are you doing? You know, I'm just carrying on with my phone. But, you know, we... The village there, we got to know uh, Francis and Rabina, the, the, the pastor. They're refugees themselves from South Sudan. And he said when they got dropped off from the bus, and he said they stood there and a, and a deluge of rain started, he said we stood there for 10 hours. There was nothing. He said, I thought we we're going to die. And and the heart that that family has for the people that they serve, I don't know how to describe it. I've never in the whole world have I seen anything like it. And my wife and I just felt the connection with them. And, and she's right now in Kampala, uh, which is a 10-hour bus ride from where they live, uh, or, or an hour flight, which is what we usually take to get to Arua. Um, and, sh- and she's taking exams for, I don't even know, is it, it's some pa- sort of pastoral studies. But the, the way that they serve, they have nothing, and they give everything to serve their people. And they want to go back to South Sudan. They own land in South Sudan. That as far as they know, their house has probably been destroyed. And, and you know, they, they've started over, and God has told them. It, it is a long story and a fascinating story. In fact, I have most of it recorded on my phone from an, basically an interview that I did with Pastor Francis. But he wants to go back, but God has told him it's not yet time to go back. And he found this little church in, in Ikaganya. Um, no, that's where I stayed with God. Help me out. Ainava. Ainava. That's where I stayed in Kenya, Ikaganya. Um and and they were just kind of orphans because of something that had happened. And, and uh, so he, he stepped in and has taken over that church. But we, we have a heart to see a well drilled in that in that village. And it would not only be a, a blessing to the village, but it would actually be a way that the church would, would bless the village. And I don't know if you know, but uh, Barohab, which is Steve's contact um, on the ground in Arua, and who he works with, and it, it gives accountability because he's working with the local people, he came across a company drilling a well, and he started asking them a question, what's this going to cost? And so it's about three and a half to $4,000. I mean, people, we could probably raise that right here in this room. I mean, it, not easily, but we could do it. And over there, three or $4,000 to them, you may as well ask for the moon. I'm, I, it's, I'm, yeah, it's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. And in some respects, they just give up and wait. They know how to wait on the Lord in a way that we don't because we have the resources too many times at our fingertips. So in answer to the question of what do you share, I'd just like to share something that I've been learning, and, and Steve alluded to kind of the renewal that happened to me um, in Uganda. Um, but it, it started with a message that was preached, I think, the last weekend before we left uh, to go, um, just Steve and I, this last time. And our pastor um, preached a message about the temptation of Jesus. And we all know the story quite well. Um it's related in both Matthew 4 and Luke 4. I couldn't have told you that a couple months ago, but now I have it <laughs> I have it here and in here because of what it did in my life. And, you know, I'm sure you remember the story well. Uh, there's only two differences between the two tellings of that story. And you're, you're welcome to turn there if you like and skim over it, whatever. 
Um, but there's three different instances, and, and I, would, I would propose to you that it wasn't a temptation, I'm sorry, it wasn't a testing that Jesus was facing, because I would say there was never any question of who was going to win. But he did face temptation because he was fully God as well as fully man. Uh, and so being fully man, he walked in the same struggles that we do. And there's two differences. It gives the three instances, the three temptations that Satan gave to him in a different order. That's the one difference. The other difference is the one passage specifically says at the end something that the other one does not. And I'm going to turn to it as well so that I don't mess it up. Um, in Matthew specifically in verse 10 and and you the thing that Satan last presented to him here in the Matthew passage was he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said if you bow down and worship me I'm going to give this to you and you know we read verse 10 it says Jesus said to him away from me for it is written I propose to you that there's more there than maybe what you read when you're just reading it. Think about what this might have looked like. I dare say to you that Jesus said, now you've gone too far. This was never yours in the first place, what you're trying to give to me. It's something that you have taken. And I am here on this earth to show my people how they can take it back and begin to walk in the authority that you are trying to steal from them. I'm telling you, if you want to learn how to be victorious against temptation, look at the authority that Jesus walked in in this passage. Because, my friends, we have been raised to a priesthood along with Jesus Christ. We have the same power living in us that raised him from the dead. And if we would just learn to walk in that, our lives and our worlds would look completely different. And I'm not preaching to you. I'm learning this along with you. Um, And, you know, maybe you're way ahead of me on this. I have no idea. But I'm telling you, this particular thing has changed my life in a way that's amazing. Let me look at this a little deeper, though. If you go back to the beginning of it, it says Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert. Now, that is fascinating. Do you remember when Jesus was about to leave his disciples? He said, it's actually to your advantage that I leave, because then the Holy Spirit is going to come as your comforter. And, you know... How it must have been to walk with Jesus, that little fishing boat that we went across Lake Victoria on, to, to ride around with him and out in the fishing boats. Um, you know, I'm telling you, if you get a chance to sign up and go along with Steve and Beverly, you're going to have stories to tell that you never imagined you were going to be able to tell. <laughs> if there's anybody here that's thinking about it, I'm telling you. So my wife and I would love to go, but she started a new job recently, and, and it was a hard no. It's like you cannot take off in that specific two weeks. And, I, you know, they had, the tickets haven't been bought yet, so I'm asking the Lord, like, because we decided we're not going separately anymore. We're, we're doing this together. But I don't know. Maybe he's still leading me to go. So we're, until the doors close, I'm still going to be wondering. But back to the passage. Um, you know, we think we don't need to walk in the Spirit. And here's Jesus walking in the Spirit. And... This is the thing that really has been brought to me in a way that I never saw before. So Barry Whistler, who was the founding pastor at Effort of Community Church uh, and still now leads HarvestNet, he's transitioned it to Kevin Eshelman, who's our current pastor. He's been doing a study on this thing of the Word and the Spirit and how the two work together. 
And if any of you remember the name Elizabeth Elliot, she used to love to quote that verse that says, the eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. And I never understood what what is in that verse. It's it's mysterious, it, that, but you know, there's got to be something there. And there was a, an, an ancient church father. This goes back to just several, you know, the world spent the next couple hundred years after Jesus was here trying to figure out what happened. I mean, seriously, that's that's what it is. The, the, but the early church fathers had this figured out. Um, Irenaeus had done this study of what are these arms of God. Well, it's like the Father God. It's a, it's a great picture of the Trinity. You have the Father God and you have the Word, which is Jesus. The Bible's very clear. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And then you have the Spirit. And it's the two of them working together. But you see, it's not about being in balance. It's about being fully immersed in the Word. When Jesus was tempted, he gave, he gave the answers from Scripture. He was the walking Word of God. The Bible's very clear about that. And yet he spoke from the Scriptures as a response to the temptation that he was receiving. But he was being led by the Spirit as he was doing it. Even Jesus was being led by the Spirit. So... I'm just going to give you an overview here today because there's not time to begin to do it justice. But I would just hope that I can whet your appetite for this whole thing of, of walking in the Word and the Spirit. And even Spirit and Truth, because the Word is Truth. When the Bible talks about worshiping in Spirit and Truth, it's the Word and the Spirit together. It's about being fully immersed in both of them. This morning as I was just kind of playing on my phone and, and texting our friends in Africa, I came across this, um, I'm not sure, not a news article, but I just, I just stumbled across something, literally, and I suddenly realized that there's something to learn from this. Um, I want to read you, I, it's a tweet or something, I don't get into that stuff quite like the younger generation does. And it's from one of the, the leaders, uh, a big wig or something, at Hillsong. And understand, I'm not criticizing Hillsong. That is not at all what this is about. It's just simply to show you who this person was and, and what has happened here. And, and listen to the end. Hear me out because you're going to wonder what in the world. But he says, time for some real talk, friends. I'm genuinely losing my faith, and it doesn't bother me. Like, what bothers me now is nothing. I'm so happy now at peace with the world. It's crazy. This is a soapbox moment, so here I go. How many preachers fall? Many. No one talks about it. How many miracles happen? Not many. No one talks about it. Why is the Bible full of contradictions? No one talks about it. How can God be loved yet send 4 billion people to a place all because they don't believe? No one talks about it. Christians can be the most judgmental people on the planet. They can also be some of the most beautiful and loving people, but it's not for me. I'm not in anymore. My heart breaks for this person. I, I propose to you maybe what has happened here. He may have gotten carried away with following the things of the Holy Spirit and forgot about this. I, I'm taking a wild guess, okay, so pardon me. But we've got to follow the things of the Spirit or we're going to dry up and die. But, folks, we've got to stay grounded in this word of God that we've been given. We have got to keep ourselves fully immersed in both of them. Notice he said not many miracles happen. Wait, you're telling me that miracles happen? E even in here, you're testifying that miracles happen? Folks, I don't care if one happens. That's all I need to know. I know that my God's still real. What, what else is there to say? 
And I'm not going to stop listening to Hillsong worship music because of this person. That's not the issue here. My God still speaks. Even, even the rocks will cry out if we stop. So he can use people that are even struggling. There's hope for redemption for this person. And I, I'm not even going to try to find the name. I don't have it here. It doesn't matter. Um, and, you know, Hillsong has gone through some struggles recently. When any of us forget that we need to walk through temptation in the same way that Jesus does and forget that we can be victorious, it's another quote of Elizabeth Elliot. She said, we need to remember that choices are necessary and, in fact, possible. You see, we will always be making choices, and we need to remember that we can make the right choice, and we are given the power to do it. Even Cain and Abel, when Cain was, was uh, told by God that tempt, uh, sin is crouching at your door and you need to master it, he didn't have to master it in his own power. He was in conversation with God for crying out loud. He had the power at his fingertips to make the right decision, and yet he made the wrong one. So just be warned that we need to remember to walk in the power of the Spirit and, and be grounded in God's Word as we continue forth. And, uh, you know, I hope I've given you a bit of a glimpse into what it's like to participate with Steve. When I found out he's coming here, uh, I'm like, I, I want to go along. And he's like, yeah, come on. Um, and, uh, you know, and he's been working hard this week, too, with some deadlines he had in the in the painting business. He wasn't even at church uh, last night or Wednesday night at Connect Group. And so uh, just continue to support Steve and Bev. Uh, they have they have a ministry set up. There's accountability in the way the ministry works and, and the people that are on the ground in Uganda. And ECC watches over their ministry as well, so you can rest assured that it's in good hands and the accountability is there. And I just want to speak in affirmation of them, um, give you a glimpse of some personal things that have happened in my life. And, my, you know, when I left for Uganda by myself with Steve, without my wife, I thought our marriage was in a good place, and I, and I think it was. But uh, I think the separation there for two weeks probably sparked something in us. We realized that we actually do like each other. Um, but, uh, you know, since I've come back and, and just the overview I've given you of the different things that happened, it has breathed a new life into our marriage that I never imagined was possible. So uh, praise God. All right, test, one, two, testing. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, are we on? Yes. Praise God. Amen. Last week, <clears throat> Beverly ministered at a small church called River of Life. How many remember last week? What was last week? Mother's Day. Amen. We're going to talk about a mother talking to Jesus this morning. And my message is going to be a little short and sweet. Because we do have a miracle meeting to do in Maryland. Uh, we got to make that meeting. But last week, Beverly shared about mothers. And what a God, it was powerful. It wasn't Beverly, it was God. And Karen, you were there, amen? What a blessing. And we hung out together afterwards. And it just was a, a kingdom day to me. What did you think, Karen? Wasn't it a blessing? Go ahead, give a testimony.
Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Amen. Amen. Perfect, perfectly said. Let's all stand up together with Karen. Let's all stand up. Let's thank the Lord. Amen. We're going to spend the next few minutes together in the Word. Let's just thank Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We just thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
Holy Spirit, we worship. Just worship. Thank you for last week, Lord. We thank you for this week. Thank you for today, the move of the Holy Spirit. We just love, Lord. We call. We just love having church. <laughs> Hallelujah. We just surrender it again, Lord. We yield to you. These next few minutes together, Lord, you move different ways, different times, different seasons. But this is today. We are connected in the now, Lord, that quantum lock-in today, now. What, what you have for this church, what you want to breathe on this church, what you want to speak on this church, how you want to move on this church. I just couldn't believe Holy Spirit. I opened my eyes through my prayer, and I saw that lady holding Karen's hand. I thought, wow, what happened here, you know? And it kept, you keep on praying Maybe just hold hands with you, Lord. May there, and we opened up our eyes. And there was this couple holding hands. We were praying for the prodigals. They're weeping. Their hands in the air. Lord, if there has to be tears, let there be tears. If there be dance, let there be dance. We just glorify your name, Lord. We thank you for the way you move. And we give you the praise and the glory. And the glory, Lord, in Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So we're going to, if we can do a video, we're going to do a video. If I, you can be seated, please. We're going to do like a five-minute video. Then I'm going to read out of John chapter 2. And there's three things I want to point out. And then we will minister to three areas. Yes, ma'am. Did you have something? Did you? Okay. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Amen. So are we able to do that video? Let's try it out. <clears throat> it's from the uh, series, the TV series, The Chosen. First day. Yes, and it's all gone. Can we do the lights? No, they're off left. No, we can't. Why are you telling me this? We can't let the celebration end like this. And Esther's family humiliated. Okay. That's Boys, all right. Don't worry. Go join the others. I'll be right there. Mm. Fill these jars with water. I'm not sure you heard her clearly, but we've run out of wine, not water. These are similar in size to your amphorae. The prudent marks, yes. He could have filled all the way to the brim. You're a very responsible person, aren't you? We are in a crisis, and I was led to understand you have a solution. Fill these jars with water all the way to the brim. Why? You heard him. Start drawing water. Quickly. Tell anyone you find to stop what they're doing and help. From the directions you have provided, I see no logical solution to the problem. It's going to be like that sometimes, Thomas. 
What did you say? I do not rebuke you. It is good to ask questions, to seek understanding. There's no time for this. I know of a man like you in Capernaum, always counting, always measuring. Masonry seems like harder work. <laughs> it isn't harder, it's just more uh, final. If the smith wants to change the horseshoe or the plowshare or the pot hook, he has only to put the iron back into the fire and reshape it to fit his designs. They're full. Everyone, please step outside. Just for a moment, Thomas. Once you make that first cut into the stone, it can't be undone. It sets in motion a series of choices. What used to be a shapeless block of limestone or granite begins its long journey of transformation. And it will never be the same. some out and serve it to the master of the banquet. I'd love to be there with Jesus when he walked, when he knew it was done, what his face really looked like, you know, like I kind of portrayed it like he's smiling. Wow. <laughs> My miracle. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me read of this event in John chapter 2, if you want to follow it, it'd be in the book of John, the gospel of John, chapter 2 at the very first verse. <clears throat> also, as you'll find us with the video, I'm not sure he dipped his hand in reality in, into the water like that, but I like the visual of bringing it out. If you would go on YouTube or you look at The Chosen and you see the red wine dripping off his hand. It simulates in your mind of what was like his wine, the blood that came off of his body for your redemption and for the payment of our sins and how that blood flowed, and that is the wine. Amen. 
So it, it was just like, wow. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us wine today. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother, everybody say mother. Yeah, the mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples, and he had a few of them, but not all of them, but few of them, were invited to that wedding, to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern, thank you, have to do with me? My hour on the video said, my time has not come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set, <clears throat> there were set there as six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. And Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine when the guests have well drunk. And the inferior, <clears throat> you have kept the, but yeah, and that. But you have kept the good wine up until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. Amen to the word. Praise God. There are three things I want to emphasize now. To us as a church, I'm going to pray over these three, people, three types of people. Number one, they ran out of wine. How many of you know we have a perfect Savior in an imperfect world? Right? This place is imperfect. As a matter of fact, in Romans, I think, 8.22 says, The whole creation, the whole world groans. For the, even for the manifestation of the sons of God. It groans, literally. That it would be redeemed and restored. Hey, we have problems in this world. Amen. That's a fool ourselves. We have problems. God created a perfect garden and put two people in that never sinned. But in that garden, there was a snake. <laughs> Amen. You can have the most perfect world in life, but there may be a snake. And God says, you can eat this tree, but not this tree. You can eat this tree, but not that tree. And then you go to that tree, there's a snake at that tree, a serpent. Amen? So a lot of our lives, in the circumstances, oh, we have no wine. Yeah, you know back in that day, if you had no wine at a wedding, how you would look? Hmm? It'd be the worst thing in the world. And sometimes things happen that we say, God, how can this happen? And we're dealing with a dear woman in our life right now, 80-some years old. And she's all upset. Her car doesn't work right. The washing machine broke down. And she had a mishap at her house. We know her very well. And she's troubled by all this. God, she's always God. And she's a strong believer, a tongue talker. And she's like, God, how could all this happen to me? And I examined her life. 
And you know, she really didn't have difficulties all her life. She had a good marriage and great kids and all this. But she never knew how to stand up to a trial, you see. And now she's 80-some. Now she has these problems. She never had all her life. And now she's falling apart. You see, when there's a garden with a snake, the one thing we need to do, we know how to manage the snake. That's what life's all about. Your life in this garden is about how to manage that one serpent, that one liar, that one says you can't make it, or the one says you're more important than someone else. Your life is all about managing the serpent. You've got to take care of him. Because he'll come around and hurt you again. He'll come around and lie again. He'll come around to destroy and hinder you. And you, you say, hey, how did I get 66 years old? I have no wine. <laughs> Hallelujah. We got to manage that serpent. And we know through Jesus Christ, he has been defeated. Amen. And that's what Andrew was talking about this morning. You know, we're not going to take it anymore. You're a liar. We're going to walk in the authority Jesus has given to us. Amen. We're going to walk in the new wine. But if you're not careful, if you listen to that serpent, you allow him to hurt your life, you're going to be drinking water, not wine. Even as a believer. Amen. So we need to understand that in this life, there's going to be times when we're going to have to call and believe on Jesus Christ. Amen. And what Jesus did is he listened to his mama, but he obeyed his father. Hallelujah. And that's how it's going to be. God's going to put people in your life that's going to stimulate you and help you and love on you and affirm you. But in the end, you will have to obey Father God to get that miracle. Amen. So thank God for every mother that we have. And thank God to every father that we have, spiritual moms and dads. Praise God. So the very first one we're going to be praying for today are people that say, you know what, I'm just, I'm just dealing with water, but I need wine. I believe in Jesus. I believe in miracles. And we're saying, yes, and this is it. Because right now, what did Jesus say? It's not yet my hour. It's not my time. You see? What time is it for you, church? Personally with God, what time is it for you? Is it your time? Or you say, I missed my time. Or I'm almost there. I'm about there, Steve. I'm ready to grasp my time. But Jesus needed to hear from his own mom. She didn't even flinch. She just turned and said, whatever he says, what? Say it again. Amen. Whatever Jesus says, do it. That's how you know your time. We're always worried about our time. It's a time. It's a time. Lord, should I step out? Should I pray for that person? Should I do that? And all really what God is saying is, do it. Amen. Do it. Jess and Andy, a year ago or so in August, should we do it? <laughs> Get on that plane. Hallelujah, guys. Huh? Wow. Just do it. Sometimes in our life, that's the biggest thing. God, I'm just going to do it. And sometimes with the Holy Spirit, he will do it. Maybe I shared this before. A young African guy went to a funeral. Long line, procession line. And you're going to see the casket, the corpse. He was way in the back. Just enjoying the day. (laughs) He heard a voice. The voice of the Holy Spirit. 
And he said, I am the Holy Spirit. Go up to the body and raise it from the dead. What would you do if you hear that? So he's getting closer and closer <laughs> to the body. And he's, and he's sweating. He said, did I hear it from you okay, Lord? Was that you? You need to say it again, please. You know, you need to confirm this because I'm getting closer to the casket. The true story. I am the Holy Spirit. Raise that person from the dead. And right now he's right near the body and he didn't know what to do. I mean, he's just like, God, why me? Why? You know, there's 8 billion people on the earth and you're telling me to do it. So as he's walking by, I don't quite know the full details, but something like, as he's walking by, he just said, in the name of Jesus, get up. And all of a sudden, he sat up. <laughs> Whatever he says, do it. Now, next thing, if you have a funeral to go do tomorrow, everyone's going to say, I don't know about that, because God may be talking to me. <laughs> you're, in the, you're in the right place at the right time, believe me, because God will pick the weak things to confound the wise. Amen. Why do you think he picks us? Amen. He picks us because we're just, you know, crazy enough to believe him. Amen. And that's what he's looking for. At the very end of this, Jesus worked that miracle. The disciples saw it. They said they believed him. Miracles stimulate that faith to believe. But for the first person, it's these circumstances we're in. Secondly, the timing of it all. And thirdly, it says here, verse 11, again, New King James. I'm in a good place here. This beginning, the beginning, or it says this beginning of signs, plural, Jesus did in Cain of Galilee and manifested his glory. And the disciples believed in him. This word glory. It's actually from the word doxology. Have you heard of that? A doxology? You go to a lot of churches, they do a doxology. It is an opinion or estimation in which one is held. It's about the reputation of good standing, esteem given to a person, a doxology. It progressed to honor or glory given to people, nations, and individuals. This New Testament word, Doxa becomes splendor, radiance, majesty, and it's centered in Jesus. Here, doxa, this, this, this word here, is the majestic, absolute perfection residing in Christ and evident by the miracles he performed. I pray that his glory... His docs arrests on this church. And when you see yourself as you are, and we didn't have time for this, but we used to do an illustration with the banana brother. Do you remember the banana? I actually brought bananas along. But we didn't, we're going to eat in church. But we didn't, we're not going to go there this time. But I will say this. Can you help me, Andy? I, have, I brought something along. And just hang on. I'm going to get you something to take out of there soon, but not quite yet. Just hang in there. You know, I take another five minutes before we do it. You think of your life. I got 
I got a little seed here, and we'll see how many farmers are in the room. Do you know how many? you know what seed that is? Do you know what kind of seed that is? No? Close? Close? A mustard seed? I'll get you, you. You'll guess it. Karen will probably guess it. Do you know what seed that is? Watermelon. Yes! A watermelon seed. You have watermelon eaters in here? Yeah, I'm a watermelon. How big is a watermelon? I can hardly even, I, I can hardly even hold it. It's so small. Look at this. I, I can't even hold the, how small that seed is. All right? That's how big it is. You know, when, when our lives, when we bury ourselves in this miracle worker, what's going to happen? We totally come to it, the end of ourselves. And totally immerse ourselves like a seed in the ground. And we throw ourselves in Jesus Christ. What can Jesus do with your life? Amen. It's like a seed. And you realize. Our Bible says we talked about this water and the wine. And all that, that what was going on on that day. But Jesus always knew. That everything that affected him. Is, as the Bible says. Is not even worthy to compare. To your eternal life. Sometimes we don't think about eternal life. But do you realize what is going to happen and how you're going to look in eternity? As a matter of fact, I really believe, and I heard this once said, if you would see your glorified resurrected body, you would literally run out of the room. (laughs) Or if there wouldn't be a God, you'd bow down and worship it. (coughs) That's how glorious it's going to be. This whole thing in this earth. Okay, Andy, just whatever I have in that bag, pick it up, please. This is like, I just dropped it. <laughs> <coughs> we buried you. It's seedless. <laughs> I had to look all through that grocery store to find a seed. Oh, my God. Here you go. <coughs> I had a, I had a look. You know, I got, I got, I bought that. Then I looked for pieces to find seed. I couldn't find one piece with it. One, only one in the whole store. This is the only seed in the whole store. I'm serious. Right here. This is you. This is your life. This is every day. Wawa coffee or seats or wherever you go. Rudders. What you do, you work every day or whatever you do during the day. This is how you look. Say today. But do you realize when you're with Jesus forever, lift that up. This is how you're going to look in eternity. You're going to look like a big fat watermelon. Your resurrection body, you're going to be exactly what God intended you to be. Hallelujah. No more worries, no more cares, no more neighbors. I don't know. No, you're going to have neighbors. But hold it up again. Your muscle. You got muscle. You just keep this image in your mind. When, you, when you're going through something in life, you've got to remember one day, one go because of Jesus Christ, you being buried in him, you're going to look like this. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. <coughs> okay, we're going to do it again. You got it. Let's lift it up. I like pictures. <coughs> Sorry. I had some nasal stuff going on this whole week. Thank you, Andy. 
This is what we're going to do this morning because we love you so much. We brought something along. Did you bring those shawls along, right? Amen. <clears throat> if you could please bring them, baby. And then you just tell, just talk a little bit about what they are, and then we're going to do that to those three people. Okay? Yeah, we'll see. Just one for now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Sorry. Sorry about that. That's one too. You got it. I'm also one, but I'm going to say my. <clears throat> Try again. So when we were in India, every time we went into a village and were introduced before we even spoke they would sit us on two chairs and they would take a beautiful shawl see maybe you want to open it up with you here <coughs> piece of tapestry they would take this and wrap it around us and to them they call it felicitation and so i had to look it up i don't have i don't have my phone here right now but it's, it was an act of honor and respect. And I think in today's society, this is one thing that's really missing, is honor and respect. Honor and respect those, not <coughs> only in authority, not only those that are, are preaching, but anybody that has um, um, a spiritual authority over us. And so we wanted to do that today. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. How many of these did you bring along? Two. Praise God. Let's do that. So what we're going to do, if, if um, in a few moments here, if you just want to put on some music, if you can, and some background music as possible. I can turn this one off and just use the handheld. Yeah, let's do two because we're time. Thank you. 